maybe I, if I like restarted or reloaded the drivers or who the knows. God, I love technology. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing that's my job. I make it no. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm still gonna probably buy a new Mac though. I it was uh, we were all told what the the amount of our bonuses. I didn't ask anybody else what theirs is, but I know what mine is, and I can. I can definitely buy a new Mac. Now I just need to agonize <laughs> over whether I want to spend more for the uh, for the black accessories <laughs> or if I want to get a, a spec'd up, uh, just 27-inch Retina iMac. Well, in my experience, the Mac Pros with Xeons in them um, last as long as until Apple stops giving them new OSs. Um, whereas your iMac, which you used beyond that point, is hey, kind lasting. of a nightmare. It's not the it's iMac's a fault. Mess. Well, I mean, it 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 would be better if I actually replaced its hard drive with an SSD. And I even have a couple of SSDs lying around, but uh, not worth such a cup in your way in. Yeah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it seems annoying. Um. And the Mac Pro is so pretty. iMac Pro. iMac Pro. The Mac Pros are pretty too. And in fact, like, I wasn't, I'm not wholly untempted by the refurbished Mac Pros, <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to go that way because they're super old by now. Yeah. And, and in fact, that, that is, uh, that is the thing about Apple, right? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Mac Pro is a really spiffy machine. It's extremely designy. It's very optimized for something that Apple thought was important that totally turned out to be the wrong direction. Hmm. <laughs> and that's like so Apple. Yeah, and arguably, other than the fact that they bothered to put USB-A ports on it, the iMac Pro is as well. Kinda, yeah. At least it's got big-ass fans in it. Right. Although they're still supposed to be quiet, and I bet that they're still sacrificing as much heat dissipation as the machine needs for it to be a little quieter. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That's like an iMac thing. Yeah. Is to just not run the fans quite hard enough. And in addition to, um, in addition to the processors having boost, which, you know, ramps the clock speed up and shuts down cores for single-threaded operations, um, it's also doing the opposite of that and lowering its clock speed to keep its thermals but uh, I'm, that's not really what you want in a pro machine. No, if you're paying for Xeons, you want to be able to use them. <laughs> yeah, you want to rail on them sometimes and have that be okay. Yeah. So the the thing we're talking about um, mainly is, uh, so Apple Park has opened, and we pooped on it in the past <laughs> for being open floor plan. Yeah. Um, and part of that open floor plan is that. <laughs> the minimal walls that do exist are glass and <laughs> people are walking into them. Yeah. They're just face planting into walls, which is so something that would happen to me. And I'm sure it happens a lot because like you're an Apple developer. You're probably tired all the time because you're working yourself half to death because you have to. 
and you're like thinking about a problem and maybe like taking your problem for a walk yeah. <laughs> only to <laughs> smash your face into the glass wall of your of your office so so the employee solution was to put little post-it notes on the walls because that's you know a fast and easy way <laughs> to stop people from smashing into them and people, uh, I guess Apple, other Apple employees, probably janitorial staff, have been going around and taking them back down because it ruins it. Right. It was like it was like an order to take them down, like from higher up. Oh man, did they send out like a big email? I assume so, or maybe it just probably. Happened. I don't know. I would have put up more stickies at that point. But <laughs> do you think they have an endless supply of Apple stickers? Oh, maybe. You know, I wonder if they have a big box of the black ones. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking mm. of iMac Pro. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> that's the other reason that we, that was the other thing that would push me toward the iMac Pro. <laughs> is the two black Apple stickers. Hell yeah. Also, back in my day, we used to get four. So. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Complain on your podcast. Yeah. So what? This has been going on for a while, and we sat on it as other topics came up. Um, so now we have, in addition to the initial reports, we have 911 transcriptions. <laughs> yeah. After people have walked into them, um, as well as uh, other podcasters' reactions to them, which has been sort of weirdly, not apologetic, but like, oh, well, you know, other buildings that have glass interiors have this same problem and they also put up stickers and like i don't know um, a lot of other buildings no. <laughs> that have glass walls generally like at my work we have a lot of glass walls for offices and conference rooms and that sort of thing guess what we put little frosted patterns on them i was so just gonna say <laughs> how incredibly beautiful would it look if they just put a laser laser etched frosted apple logos where people are putting the stickers yeah, like we put our whatever mediocre, highly respected <laughs> logo. I work for a small uh, subsidiary of a large corporate entity with a very famous logo that you have seen on many things. Um, and so they just put that on the walls and it's great. Nobody knocks into them. Yeah. I've never seen any of my coworkers smash their face into their office door. Yeah. So the broader thing here is that um, also a couple weeks ago, um, this podcast came out that had a former Apple engineering manager on it who worked at Apple after the iPhone came out and before iOS 7 came out, but was around for that transition and, you know, was in a managerial position and had his hands in a couple of things. And... One of the things he noticed in the transition from uh, Jobs' death and Forstall's oust and Johnny Ive taking over design for everything, including software, was that he personally filed radars against the initial iOS 7 designs that he was seeing, you know, as they were just coming through to him on the internal very early betas. And the responses he got back were... Um, we don't want your input. Hmm. Like design has decided that this is designy enough and your usability concerns are 
irrelevant because you're from engineering. Yeah. As a developer, I'm like, I'm like pretty uh, appalled at that because the thing about usability is that it's A, really important and B, it's sort of an everybody thing. Like you can't, and, and I've seen like articles specifically addressing accessibility, like web accessibility as a concern that call out this trend to have buttons with like super skinny borders and 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 this was you know in the super skinny text era too um and apple was a big uh a lot of blame <laughs> should fall upon apple for that um and it's just not well microsoft beat them to it it's just that no one cares yeah nobody nobody microsoft is not influential is not terribly influential design wise although it's funny because i really liked metro yeah so back when Before. windows 7 phone series 7 <laughs> design language <laughs> Win- was called metro right. they had the new segoy uh ui font which was very thin by default in fact it was so thin that it looked horrible on regular windows because high dpi mode didn't and to this day still doesn't work yeah <laughs> but it looked great on phones with you know retina equivalent screens on them right and the the whole tile concept was really nice because you could put whatever you wanted on your desktop whatever home screen (laughs) and have it and have it not look like garbage so it was a nice compromise between apples no you can only put apps there and androids you can do whatever you want and just like shit all over (laughs) your home screen (laughs) we're totally down with that so, um, and I, to this, like, I, I really, I still wish that Apple would let us have some of that home screen for widgets. Like, that would be sweet. It's nice that they put that nonsense in the pull downy thing, whatever they call that. I'm too old to remember. Uh, n- well, because it's it's not in the pull downy thing. It's in the lefty thing to the pull downy thing. You still pull down. Oh no, don't you? Pulling down on the left ear gets you notifications, and then you swipe <laughs> to get that's right to get the uh, widgets, which I don't know if they're still. Co- I think they're called widgets, but this area is called something else. I, I don't know. They're I, yeah. The point is, their the design thing. language is kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah, and like I sort of know how to do it without thinking about it, but it took a while for me to get to that point. I think it's super that other phone companies are putting notches in their phones, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, and this was like feedback as a human being from this engineering manager, not just like as the guy who's going to have to implement or whose team is going to have to implement this stuff, but like just like, hey, I'm a person and I'm looking at this and I find it confusing and and like not just I'm a person, but I'm a tech savvy person. And like fortunately, I when generally when I raise concerns about stuff like that, I can I at least know that I'm being listened to. Yeah. So this gets us to, you know, just <laughs> everything else that's going on, you know, with Apple Park and Apple products in general right now. Um so you mentioned that engineers may be a little distracted as they're walking their problems around, which is a thing you do. You know, you pace when you have a problem. Um, and of course, they're all locked into Apple Park because Apple doesn't let you work from anywhere else. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that's going on in Cupertino right now is that in addition to not being allowed to work from home, your home isn't allowed to be near Apple. Yeah, unless you're in the C-suite, you absolutely cannot afford to live close to... I mean, you probably live someplace not great. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a previous episode, Drive Until You Can Afford the Mortgage. Right. Same concept. Yeah. And you have to drive pretty far from Cupertino to get to where you can... Even even at, like, Bay Area salaries. Yeah. Like, it, it's... They're making, you know, 140000 or whatever, but that's, like, you know, a Milwaukee five fifty k or something. <laughs> it's not... I don't know why I chose Milwaukee. I don't actually know anything about it. Well, let's go with Atlanta, <laughs> which I do have uh, some knowledge of. Um, even even where I live is pretty bananas. Like, if you should see what $700,000 will get you in my neighborhood. Yeah. But Cupertino, $700,000 won't get you anything. Right. You just... All of all of their shacks, <laughs> all of their hovels have been already knocked down, like is happening in my neighborhood now, um, to be replaced with McMansions. So it's like if you can't afford a two million dollar house, you you're gonna commute an hour each way. Right. And another thing with that is that right now, so Apple Park was built across from what is objectively a failing mall. Which is, you know, just a perfect confluence event, confluence mm-hmm. of events of, you know, like what's wrong with the um, people who live in Cupertino that are watching their home values rise, but are unwilling to like sell them, you know, mm-hmm. at even, you know, like less than twice their value, um, which is you, you have all these people, you know, making their six figures working for Apple, but because they don't live near the city they don't give a shit that the mall is next to campus you know they have a better cafeteria there so they're not gonna leave campus for food and you know it's a crappy mall that's already on its way out with most of the stores closed um and there's a fight going on to demolish the mall and put up this bananas idea of <laughs> a housing what if you could complex. stack dwellings yeah. <laughs> on other dwellings <laughs> if only that were a thing yeah yeah and it's it's super stupid to oppose this because it categorically will not lower the property values on their mcmansions that's not going to happen i mean the cheapest one of these apartments is probably going to be 300k minimum like there's no way this isn't going to be a luxury development because yeah. again they're going to be tailoring it to these well luxury people. priced <laughs> <laughs> well, right. It'll still be built out of cardboard. But they'll have a pool, so that'll balance it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hateful. And and that's just like thinking about, you know, software developers. Where the hell do the janitors live? Right. It's it's weird how... Like how far east into the mountains do they live? It's, it's like Bay Area people think that service people, like the people who do the things that they require so that they're not, you know, drowning in their own garbage and, and, you know, they don't have to make their own coffee. (laughs) Yes, that too. Um, I don't know why I didn't go straight to poop. I should have. It's it's like our brand. Um, 
it's like they think these people they they just spring forth from the earth right. when they're needed and return to their to caves or something. In reality, a lot of times people end up like sleeping in cars and stuff, or they drive, you know, Uber to try to make up some of the difference. And it's just it's very terrible. I was reading a story earlier today about a Disneyland employee who died in her car. Um, in the parking lot of a gym, which is where she lived in her car in that gym's parking lot. And it took people a month to find her. That's horrible. Yeah, Disney fired her after three no-call, no-shows. She was dead at the time. And nobody, like, nobody knew that she was living in her car. Um, And obviously, that's, you know, kind of an extreme... It's not really, because... So, I've seen this come up multiple places... That if you are homeless, but have some sort of income and or job, um, what you want to do is get a gym membership because what you essentially have is a shower membership. Yep, that is what she had. Yeah. So that and it's maybe it, depressingly it, common. It's a fucking tragedy. Yeah. And I, I kind of doubt like. So Disney employees, particularly park services or whatever, that's what they called them at the uh, theme park that I worked at, the people who did janitorial stuff, um, they're like notoriously underpaid. But I, I bet that Apple's janitorial staff is is just as underpaid. Doesn't Disney call them backstage? Oh, probably. They have some euphemism for it. Yeah. I, I don't think Apple is nearly that clever, but uh, they are probably sworn to equal levels of secrecy. Yeah, and you'd think that you, oh, well, they must have to pay them more so that they don't, like, sell all their secrets, but they totally don't. Yeah, they're probably paid California minimum. Yeah, which is slightly more generous than the federal minimum, which is pathetic, but uh, definitely not enough. It's definitely not enough to live in California. Right. Like, anywhere in it. Like, I don't know what it is in California, but... Let's just say wow. it's 15 because that's the number being thrown around. Um, 30 grand a year is, if we're talking about engineers breaking 100 and not being able to live in the city, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could probably live, like in Southern California, you could live in like Hemet or uh, like, not Barstow, but uh, what is that? Like Banning, Basically an hour from anywhere you would ever want to be. I don't know these names, but I'm going to assume either Joshua Trees or Fires. Uh, I mean, definitely Fires. <laughs> Actual <laughs> Joshua Tree, the city, is way the hell out. Um, I meant the trees. Trees. Yeah, the, I don't know. How, those those don't usually appear in subdivisions. But yeah, it's it's pretty egregious. And all these asshole, nimby, Cupertino people who think that building a place like these are going to be rich people apartments these aren't going to be like vagrants it's not like yeah (laughs) it's not like the projects of which by the way is a horrible racist dog whistle not Mm -hmm. not that they're saying that but if they do eh, i don't know that they're not i bet some of them are thinking it but like anyway these these apartments are going to be filled by like single young single male apple employees no doubt yeah who are Maybe. very bored during the evening and will walk around town spending their money at, you know, like bars and shit. Well, is there any place in Cupertino to, <laughs> to do that? Well, I, I mean, Apple Park's has... like right on a highway, so I don't know. But 
um i kind of doubt it honestly like i i'm trying to i think when we so i was i went to the apple uh in one infinite loop a few times and i don't think that you can walk to anything it's weirdly in suburbia yeah like when we got lunch um when i went there a few years ago we drove to um palo alto i think that's okay they all have their electric cars to drive yeah but and we only did that because we couldn't we didn't have an escort we couldn't get to the cafeteria (laughs) we didn't actually know anybody there it was very sad Except that, you know, I got to spend hundreds of dollars in the company store. Which was what, two shirts and a pen? Um, it was a shirt, a sweatshirt, a pen, a little notebook, and that's it. <laughs> I was alarmingly close. <laughs> <laughs> You're off by one notebook. <laughs> it's so distasteful to advocate against housing. It really is. And, you know, like, and it's also a bit of a difficult position for us to be in uh, criticizing them as well, because like, on one hand, we don't want these engineers to effectively live at work. On another, another hand, this is, you know, luxury apartments are gentrifying what little low income part of Cupertino that might still exist. I would strongly suspect that there isn't any such thing anymore. And finally, you know, the point we've been harping on, which is that if only you could stack buildings on top of each other. But you can't do that because you might ruin some white person's view. The two things that I hate white people the most for, well... You can narrow this down. That's not true. (laughs) No. But wait, you know, up there, among the top ten, is worrying about their view... And their housing, their their property values. Yeah. It's just hateful. Like, no, you have to go drive an hour. You have to spend two hours of your day every day, whatever percentage of your life that ends up being. I don't feel like doing the arithmetic. <laughs> um, you have to spend that time just going back and forth to work. Yeah. You can't be here. <laughs> I'm here. And I'm more important than you. My view, what I can see out my windows, is more important than your quality of life. Well, because it's, you know, their whole quality of life. You know, it's a classic boomer mindset. They inherited a house or paid uh, (laughs) $20,000 unadjusted for inflation for it in the 80s. And it ballooned to... uh, 200,000 to 2 million and they think they've earned that somehow. Right. So, like... they're rich in a 2 million dollar house. So you better not obstruct my view of the bald California mountains. Sometimes, you know, a couple of times a year they have snow on top and it's very pretty. Do they? A couple of times <laughs> actually. Actually it depends. Like Wasn't it like a major thing last year when they had spring flowers for like the first time in a couple decades well that's because there was water like at all (laughs) there there was there was rain and stuff and there isn't you know there there hadn't been in a while of course now since there were such big fires um now it's all mudslides every time it rains because that's what happens 
when all of the brush burns and nothing's holding the dirt in place, it tends to move around. Mm. I'm sure that's... It's really terrible. That's a great view of things. I mean, unless you're literally crushed by mud, then your view's not so good anymore. This is like... In rich people areas... I'm kind of fine with it if a rich person's house falls into the sea. That would be great. It happens. Yeah, although they have insurance, so it wouldn't really hurt anyone. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Not even really monetarily. It's probably their third house anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, bringing this back to Apple specifically. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so we, we mentioned earlier that... Uh, you know, with uh, the the death of Jobs and the uh, departure, the forced departure of Forstall, that everything fell under the direction of Johnny Ive. Um, and uh, two quotes I want to mention was that when uh, earlier this year or maybe late 2017, uh, when interviewed on Apple Park and its criticism for being an open floor plan, um, Ive said... Um, of course, for people to have strong views and criticisms of the products they use, we make them for other people. We didn't make Apple Park for other people. So a lot of the criticisms are utterly bizarre because it wasn't made for you. And I know how we work and you don't. So no, it, it's more of incorrect. the, you know, like, Johnny Ive does not know how a software engineer wants to work if he works in his machine shop all the time. You know, and maybe that's an open floor plan just because that's how machine shops work. But I doubt that there are like 40 conversations going on around him all the time in his machine shop. It's like Johnny Ive hasn't met human beings, so he thinks he knows what's good for human beings, but he's like hilariously wrong about almost everything. Yeah. And an another thing on, uh, on him was that, um, there's a quote from the Isaacson bio on jobs, and I didn't find where it is exactly, so I'm paraphrasing. But the process of design while jobs was still alive was that Ive would come up with a bunch of crap, and jobs would just look at it all and say, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, yes, like to a line of designs. And that role kind of has a vacuum right now. And as a result of that, we get MacBooks with keyboards <laughs> that fail due to a single piece of dust where a single keycap can't be replaced. So the entire top case needs to be replaced at $450. And they're going <laughs> to fight you tooth and nail and claim it's not a warranty repair. Um, you know, to, to just every other thing that you can nitpick about anything in Apple's current lineup. You know, including decisions about the operating system. Yeah, they should. There should probably be somebody else <laughs> to you know checks and balances people. Wait, you know, like Ive is a genius. I will give him that, but there needs to be that filter on him that says, you know, the world isn't ready for this, or this is great for like one line of product and you know the example of that being how the macbook air was you know too ahead of its time but that eventually trickled down into you know the de facto uh laptop form factor but 
you know. Well, the first MacBook Airs were objectively garbage. Well, th- that's what I mean. You know, that was too far ahead of its time. And sim- oh, like he could, they couldn't put the right components in it for it not to be literal garbage. Right. Um, and similarly, the uh, 12-inch MacBook is a little ahead of its time and was not ready to trickle down to the 13 and 15-inch models that have Pro as a suffix. Yeah, it's it's like I uh, I use a fair amount of dongles or a dock. <laughs> yeah, I... like I'm sitting on my couch playing a game on my lap, the few games that I can actually play <laughs> with my Xbox controller plugged into my multi-port adapter. Which may or may not be uh, irreparably bending one of your USB-C ports with SAG since it's on your lap. <laughs> um... I mean, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Crap! Now I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Um, and, you know, and we mentioned the Mac Pro earlier, which you know was, you know, designed for two GPUs in it, which is fine. That's a valid workflow. Um, if only you could order those GPUs from two brands, because no one was building anything that took care of an advantage of AMD cards. But meanwhile, there's this whole universe of things that, you know, took advantage of a box full of uh, nvidia cards yeah you know and (laughs) having one uh processor in it instead of two which is also mind-boggling and the fact that you couldn't pick whether it had any you know what the three sides of your triangle were in that thing yeah it it was a I think it's uh, every Mac that lists compromised Macs. <laughs> and I think the Mac Pro in 10 years is going to be listed as a compromised Mac because they definitely, they literally did make a bunch of compromises to make it fit in that Johnny Ive approved shiny cylinder. Yeah. There's there's a reason computers have never been shiny cylinders. I mean, thermally speaking, it theoretically should have been a perfectly cromulent design um but apparently their failure and uh, repair rate on it indicates that it was not that if you actually did have anything that used both gpus that you know it would melt itself you know but it's it's pretty it is very pretty and you know so right now the imac pro seems to be fine but that's pushing today's workloads. Yeah. And and <laughs> we don't know how it performs, you know, with... You know, so right now, you know, it's handling 4K renders in real time of, you know, simple effect stacks, and that's fine. But, you know, what if you send these things to Pixar and they peg the thing for a week straight? How does it, it perform in week two? <laughs> When you have a, a glob of space gray aluminum on your desk <laughs> when you come in the next day. Uh. Yeah. And then there's the home pod, <laughs> the other round boy from Apple. <laughs> yeah. So I bought a home pod mostly out of curiosity. And I don't know. For me, it's turned into a $350 series light switch. We should trade devices i should send you my two sonoses and you should try them with your classical music 
And I should, I know that my crappy pop music would sound perfect on a HomePod. Oh, yeah. So uh, whatever. So the, my main complaint with the HomePod is that it seems to have been only tuned for old white guy music. Um, and to explain that, so the Beatles were recorded in mono because that was the technology at the time. Right. You know, they had onions on their guitar straps. <laughs> um, and when they moved to stereo recordings in the later albums, what they were still a collection of mono input sources. So, you know, a single mono microphone recording, a single vocal um, guitar outputs into amps are all mono. And, you know, the microphone in front of the drums is apparently mono as well. So they were just panned in post-production to give, you know, some sort of stereo. And when you compress that back down to mono, like the HomePod is, despite the fact that it has 10 speakers in it, <laughs> um, yeah. it still sounds exactly the same. The problem with classical music or just anything recorded with multiple microphones in a hall or studio or just anything recorded with multiple microphones, but um, classical especially, is that the things coming out of either side of the microphone, even if you just have one stereo microphone, are very similar to each other because you're picking up uh, like sympathetic resonance from like, um, you know, all the extra strings on a piano or, you know, just the resonance of the hall itself. And when you compress that to mono, it just sounds like mud. It just sounds really really bad and you can play uh this uh yourself by finding the output stereo as mono accessibility setting in mac os or ios while listening to anything with like a single real instrument in it so you know i started with my classical music and that sounded horrible but <laughs> what always sounds the worst is a well-recorded piano because a well-recorded piano has either microphones on either side of the inside of it or um, a stereo microphone right in the middle of it. And what you get with that is, you know, the high notes being to the right of it come out of the right channel and the lower notes come out of the left channel. And yes, you could do that artificially if you wanted to pan every single damn note. But I mentioned <laughs> sympathetic resonance earlier, and that's where when you hit one of the low or high strings, the entire piano vibrates. And, you know, just makes these imperceptible but important additions to the sound that make it sound real and, you know, not like software. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things that sounds particularly bad is um, a decent recording of Barry Manilow's Mandy. Because <laughs> for the most part, it's just him singing at the piano into a great microphone. And when you compress it down into mono, the beautifully recorded piano just sounds nasally and you know it it just takes all the emotion out of that song you know and debates aside on whether he's talking about a woman a dog or a glass of brandy <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's been my experience with listening to music on the HomePod, and it's been especially frustrating to see all the reviews of it and apple's own marketing push as this thing sounds so much better than all the smart speakers out there. Well, I mean, compared to the other smart speakers, it might. 
I don't know. I guess Google has one that's like really expensive and huge, but well, that's only so, three ninety nine. So it's it's in the home uh, pod ballpark. Yeah. So my pair of Sonos's cost. I got the deal where they were three fifty or whatever, and I paid for more than half of it with credit card <laughs> points. So it was almost like I wasn't spending hardly any money at all. Um, not really though. And they mostly sound so. I'm using them as a stereo pair. And it's mostly fine, but they're like a little crunchy on certain bass-heavy songs. Now, Sonos will sell you a bass cabinet to go with your Sonos <laughs> system for $700. <laughs> I'm not going to buy that. Yeah. Um, and the, the woofer in the HomePod is really good. Like, I'm amazed at what it can push out of it, not even taking... You know, it size into comparison. You know, it does have great bass response. And bass response, theoretically, it's hard for humans to perceive the directionality of it. So having one is just fine, which is why, you know, whether you have a uh, 2.1, 5.1, 7.1, or 9.1 system, that 0.1 is the single woofer. Um, and you really only get multiple bass sources in, like, movie theater-sized rooms. Or obnoxious cars. Well, that might just be one really, really big one in the trunk as well. It depends. But anyway, that's like the only part of it that's fine. And yeah, you know, these other sound systems like the Sonos, if you don't buy the woofer separately, has mediocre bass response. And obviously the Echo Dot, which is the size of a tweeter, yeah, that, does not that have thing's... any response in any range. That's not a nice sounding device. <laughs> uh, however, if I had that $50 Echo Dot and hooked it up to a pair of speakers from any marginally decent manufacturer, I would have sound that exceeds the HomePod. And in fact, my Apple TV is hooked up to a pair of uh, JBL Creature speakers from 2002 that sound better than the HomePod. And, you know... Speaker technology hasn't advanced that much. It really hasn't. (laughs) So, you know, the HomePod's just bad on what it's supposed to be good at. And that's not even getting into just how atrocious Siri still is. Yeah. I mean, there is a case to be made that it's good for, like, the kind of music that a lot of people listen to. Like, it'll play that Taylor Swift album great. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but if they are selling it as like an audiophile experience, obviously that's not going to pass mustard. <laughs> now I know it's not mustard, but it's funnier to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it's very cool looking. Yeah, it is. It does have a nice shape. But, you know, to get stereo separation out of it, I'll have to buy another one if that feature even ships, by the way, because that's currently <laughs> right. in limbo as well. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a maybe. Like, we're coming up on when Apple should be announcing the WWDC dates and lottery. And last year, HomePod was announced at WWDC, was supposed to ship by end of year. In December, we got a nope, maybe next year. And finally shipped in March or February. I don't remember anymore. 
Yeah. And it still shipped without features that are coming later, but have, you know, yet to stick in the current betas that are out now. And we're expecting an Apple event before our 100th episode, maybe. So, maybe. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just a big garbage fire. <laughs> Pretty much. And, you know, but we have some definite Stockholm Syndrome going on because you use Windows for your job and you have no intention of leaving for anything other than gaming. No, I hate Windows. <laughs> I really dislike it a lot. There are just a million things that I miss. <laughs> like a decent Twitter client. Although, who knows if that's going to continue to be a thing. I, I'd vote on no. Yeah, my money's on probably not eventually. Not sure what I'm going to do at that point. <laughs> We're just held hostage by too many companies right now. I don't like it. We kind of are. I don't I don't like it either. 